Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning. Welcome, everybody, to the Pod of Wales. We're waking up this morning in Larne, where you join us today, staying in the beautiful Browns Hotel. It's so nice. It's Imagine really just wood panellings. You just described a shed. <laughs> yeah, so I, w- I would also throw in there a roll top bath and comfortable beds. I should have started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had lovely food here last night. There's a restaurant called Dexter's mm. and they're always so delighted when someone can cater for you when you're a vegan and yeah. still make sure you have a lovely dinner. Yeah. And now we're having breakfast because we've got a massive day ahead, haven't we? So, first of all, I don't think we could come to this area without doing something relating to Dylan Thomas. Mm-hmm. So we're getting drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. We're going to go to his writing shed. I've never been there. Don't know that much about him. I read from cover to to back the hotel guide, so I I think I booked smart on him. (laughs) I think that's more than I've read of Dylan Thomas. Yeah. But I have, don't worry, I've seen Under Milk Wood murdered a few times in amateur productions. Yes. Have you seen Matthew Rhys as Dylan Thomas? No. It's a very sexy film. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, add that to the reading list. (laughs) So we're going to go to his writing shed, and then, oh, we're going to go to a gin distillery. Yeah. Yes, I know this gin. Oh, because if it's Welsh and it's a gin, I will be aware yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> called Gin Talog. Oh my god, that looks so good. Good. Yeah, so then after we've had some gin, we're going to try and make some cow. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how chopping goes yeah, after we have a gin tasting. That's me, thank you so much. Cheers. If you're Welsh, I think you will have had some version of cow at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. It's like a chunky soup. Yeah. Like a broth with veg and Stewy. meat. Stewy. Usually lamb. If you have a recipe for cow in your family, people are very protective over it. Yeah, yeah. every family has one secret ingredient. They're like, we put a banana skin in ours or whatever. <laughs> like, what you need is a recently smoked cigarette. Lovely, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Drop the dog end in it and that really <laughs> brings out all the flavours. Yeah. Really excited to do that because they're making me a vegan one as well. Well, our breakfast has just arrived, um, so I'm going to shut up and eat. I love the beach when it's winter. The headland sort of is just stretching out in front of us. It's covered in frost. This is beautiful and it's very still and then there's a sort of sea mist rising on the horizon. Oh my gosh, this is this is what this is Wales, man. Maggie, you're joining us and you're being our guide. And this is the writing shed. Wow. Oh, it's tiny. It looks like it's teetering on the edge yeah. of a cliff. It's pushed right out, isn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't and, uh, get planning permission for that today, would you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Oh, look at that oh. door. So I thought there are two massive doors either side, but it's opened this tiny little <laughs> hole in the middle of it. It's gorgeous. So there's this tiny little wooden shed, and then there's this table at the end shoved right up against the window, which is covered in... 
bits of writing and there's a quill and an ink pot. What I love is there's a bucket beneath the table and it's full of writing, yes. <laughs> bits of paper, and that encapsulates what it is to be a writer, I think. There's most of the paper soul. in the bin. <laughs> yeah, it's sneaking in through a little door into a shed and then making magic. Lovely. So we'll take you down now to the boathouse. This is my colleague, Joyce. Hello, Hello Joyce. Good morning. How are you, my love? This is my boss, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce actually remembers the Thomases living here, don't you? Yeah, I Ron, we came mm. to school with us. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Were you aware then, growing up, that this sort of big talent was in the town? Not really. We always thought, um, well, he doesn't do a regular job like my father. Yeah. Barry's family used to describe him as a wastrel and a scrounger. Yes. My granddad was a policeman. He was a village policeman, and he covered a patch where Dylan used to drink. So my granddad didn't like him very much because he obviously caused a lot of issues for him on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After you, Joyce. Right. Oh. Go careful oh, on these steps. Yes. They might well be separate. Separate. Yeah. So this is the boat wow. Welcome to the boat It's so lovely. And this oh. is the front parlour. And this is set up very much as it would have been. And this is... Dylan's father's desk, which okay. came over here. The view um, from that desk, yeah. I would get nothing done. I would just be looking out that window and not actually getting any writing done. It's amazing. It's really lovely. It's also exactly what you want from a writer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That they would sit at an old desk, yeah. staring out onto a beautiful landscape and then come up with these... Fantastic it's, stories. It's why so many people want to be writers, isn't yeah. it? It's that. We never studied any of his work at school. Okay. We did the Trials Christmas in Wales, I think, a week before the Christmas holidays one year. Mm. And obviously Wales has a wealth of other authors and poets and playwrights. But why do you think Dylan, especially outside of Wales, has become such a big name I think it's because it's so beautifully written. Mm. And I mean, you read something like A Child's Christmas and it, it's just lovely, mm. oh, it just flows. And it's universal. For example, Under Milkwood could mm. be set absolutely anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere there's a small community where you've got neighbours, everybody knows everybody's business, they're all talking over the back fence, you mm. know, it's all... <laughs> yeah, local that's, characters. That's, yeah. So it could be in Larne or it could be in Devon or it could be in... Cornwall, I'm going for the Celtic cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do have a bone to pick with Dylan Thomas for sort of influencing the behaviour of every lofty, creative boy I dated in my sort of teens and 20s <laughs> that thought that I'm not going to have a job, I'm just going to drink loads, because that's actually what Dylan Thomas did, and it means I'm a great artist. I'm like, You're a something artist, yeah. yeah. Do you think the mythology of the man as well mm. kind of adds to it? And it was a mythology. Yeah. I mean, it's what Joyce was saying earlier, you know, he didn't drink all the time, he couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, he'd go and have half a pint and make it last, unless there was somebody about who was prepared to buy him a pint, hence his yeah. reputation as a bit of a scrounger, you know. I See, I'm starting to think now that maybe my granddad was just feeding into that mythology. Maybe he wasn't as bad as my granddad said. Yeah. <laughs> but also if you're in, if you are just sat in the pub because it's, I mean, when I started doing comedy, you would go and sit in a coffee shop or a pub because it was warmer than your house mm. and you would make that 
glass of water and that cup of coffee or that pint or whatever last all day because you could work in there and people watch and use their internet yeah. and it would have been similar for him if he's looking for inspiration and you want to get out of the house yeah. but then it doesn't mean that you are always around when something's kicking off because you're always in the pub so yeah. maybe he was always present but not always causing yeah. it this is magic oh my gosh this is so lovely imagine the parties you could have out here oh like seriously cigarettes everywhere <laughs> yeah and a sing song when i was about seven or eight years old the lawn players always used to have a festival every three years and part of that festival always would be a performance of under milkwood and i can remember about seven eight years of age going to the performance in a tent in the course field <laughs> rickety wooden chairs <laughs> the smell of grass you know and, yeah and and canvas because it was an old canvas tent then and watching under milkwood and just taking it all in mm. and going yeah this is it and from there on in yeah yes. love the sound of these like local productions of under milk wood because there must have been like a meta level of the local characters and celebrities playing yes. said people on stage yes. like yeah. oh of course yeah. they're playing that part and yeah. of course she's the racy well, one i mean we still do performances of under milkwood and adrian who's our postman plays yeah. nilly nilly postman <laughs> because he would yeah. I mean, who, who yeah. else could do it it'd, it'd be brutal if he didn't get that casting <laughs> I'd love it though if at the interview to become the postman here you'd have to agree to be in a play every year <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can only have a job in this village yeah. if you agree you've got shorts <laughs> how's your projection though <laughs> can you speak from the diaphragm look, look, look this is larm play yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you have a lovely day today one I feel completely inspired. <laughs> I do, yeah, to settle down with a guy with a drink problem. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I didn't know how I would feel about coming here because you've seen photographs. Yeah. And you hear people talking about Dylan Thomas a lot. Yeah. And I've never been here. And I'm really glad that we have because now I get a sense of... You can put everything in context somehow mm. about where he came from and why he wrote like he did. We're trying to explain the feelings, but until you're stood in that room looking out that window, mm. you can't really yeah. experience it. It's just a slice of magic here. It's oh, amazing. yeah, I've completely bought into it. Oh, yeah. Completely. <laughs> We've just seen a house that's up for sale, it's, but it's a million pounds, so... Um, <laughs> Halfsies? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go and do some gin tasting now, oh, and I yes, think we are. it's only going to be a couple of gins before I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to call my bank and see. Just going to call my bank and see. <laughs> Selling all my eggs on the internet to buy a house in Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> So beautiful. It is so nice here. Oh, so pretty. We're recording this in December and there's a light dusting of snow. Mm. It's beautiful. And a, and a dove poking its head out of a barn. Yeah. It's a bit much, guys. <laughs> it's like Richard Curtis has been involved. <laughs> we planned it all. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. Well, let's go inside and warm up, yeah, shall we? Please. You okay with dove? Yeah, oh, love God, yes. Super friendly. Oh, hello. 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 Beautiful, beautiful farmhouse kitchen at the the beating heart of Gin Talog, 
Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Anthony, originally from Cleffy, and um, I'd like to say that I'm the looks and the brains behind Gintalog. You can't say it because it's a podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> This is where I have to intervene with some journalistic integrity. <laughs> but you're not. I'm David Bonitar. It's lovely to have you here. I'm from Cardiff originally, and now I've been adopted by the beautiful county of Carmarthenshire. So when you moved here... Did you already know that you were going to start a distillery? Moving to a farm with wonderful farm buildings, it was the obvious thing to do, to produce something. The desire to make and to create was, you know, a bucket list thing. Early on, we had some really great advocates for us who were stockists like Wally's in Cardiff, who were just really... That's where I discovered you. I was in there looking for booze for probably a present, and he was like, these guys are Welsh, and it's really yeah. small batch. And he said, it's just two mad guys on a farm <laughs> making it themselves. <laughs> but why, why gin? We were getting tired with the gins that offered a lot, but under-delivered in the glass. So we mm. said, well, I wonder if we can do better. So we spent some time becoming distillers. We'd launched, and you've mentioned Wally's, and we've got Farnice in Narbeth and Taylor's in Carmarthen, who were really, really loyal stockists to ours. And then we won three stars with the Great Taste Awards. Now, the only Welsh gin ever to win three stars with Great Taste. And I know, I know, I know. What makes yours unique, then? We are the only gin in the UK that only uses juniper. So our gin only has three ingredients. It's got spring water here on the farm. It's got the spirit, of course, and it's got organic factory juniper berries. And the, the raw materials are really important. Everything we do is organic. The results uh, speak for themselves. We just really like gin. I mean, you've said that quite a few yeah, times yeah. there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Was yelling at topless from one of the upstairs windows earlier. <laughs> are we allowed to taste? Oh, something? please! Look at these glasses. Is there anything that isn't aggressively tasteful in your life? <laughs> this is unbelievable. Even the biscuits. <laughs> so maybe uh, just maybe try it and eat all. Certainly have a smell, mm. and then I can give you some tonic. Oh, so nice. Mm. Oh gosh, it's so nice. So that's what juniper smells like because yes. it's, you can smell it a little bit, but it's yeah. oh, it's strong, but not without being overpowering. It's because nice. we're a single botanical gin, the only thing you can smell and taste in our gin is juniper. Mm. On the nose here, all of the complexity. It really reminds me of going to Breckford Forest here in Carmarthenshire. That kind of forest floor, mm. sort of piney. It's piney, yeah. I've just get. tried some neat. I've never had neat gin knowingly before. <laughs> it's nice. I'm going to give you some tonic. This is delicious. There's something very smooth. As soon as you put the tonic in, it suddenly feels very different. It, it feels smooth. It and notice no slice. Ah. Because the moment you put a slice of lime or lemon into our gin, it, it changes. Because that's what you smell first in the glass, and then it changes the flavour profile. It's real purists here. <laughs> yeah. yes. You must be so proud. We are. We are. It's lovely. It really is. It's, it's lovely. And also, the whole of, you know, the community's been very supportive. We, we've had an amazing response to the community. If you think about it, you know, two gay people moving to the middle what? of Wales. Stop the podcast. <laughs> 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 but, you know, we, we moved here. You know, Anthony's from Carmarthenshire, I'm from Cardiff. What we hadn't realised, and moving back into ways, we could have lived quite a lonely life here, but actually this has opened so many doors. Mm. And, you know, as you're driving down the lanes in Carmarthenshire, there are so many farm lanes with 
great people doing fantastic things down them. It's just incredible, you know, the artists, food producers, mm. uh, farms that are diversifying and doing great things. It's all happening all around here, and we would we might not have known about that unless yeah. we became. Yeah. But it, you could happily drink and eat your way around this country yeah. and have some of the best yeah. food and things in the world. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm already thinking of, we should buy a bus <laughs> and drive people around. Booze bus. That sounds like very classy event. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So when you have visitors, then what can they expect? Can they book to come and see you? Can they book and have a gin tasting? Or yes, please okay. book because otherwise we're not here. All, all Always and yes, we they can taste our range of gins. And some people come for ten minutes, some people stay for two hours. Some amazing glasses have come out. Mm. What are they? Okay, so we <laughs> talked about our single botanical gin, that is the classic gin that we make. Um, but of course, we do know that people like fruit-flavored gins as well, and other different exotic things. And so we, th- people kept asking us, you know, what other kinds of gins do you have? No, people kept asking us, do you do a pink? I was going to say, is uh, it a pink gin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thought, how can we broaden the range a little bit without compromising anything that we do? So the conditions were, had to be organic, and we would add one other botanical to our single botanical gin that we grew here on the farm, and it had to be a London Dry. London Drive, in a nutshell, means that the botanical has to be distilled in the still and nothing can be added after distillation apart from water. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try and guess now. So it's something that you grow here that you can add to it? That has to withstand the London Dry distillation process. What could it be? Fascinating. Okay, what would survive? So it's got to be quite strong. This is my favourite of all the gins that we make. And it's perfect. I know what that is. What? That, is that bay leaf? Correct. Well oh, done. Nice. Well done. Yeah, so smells like outside my front door. There's not a dish that my partner won't put bay great, leaf it's in. Great, great. Rice pudding, amazing with a bay leaf in. <gasps> Are you kidding? No, That's really nice. Wow. It's right. lovely. We make less than 100 bottles of this every year because because we don't buy the bay in. Mm. It's what we grow. So yeah. once we've once it's gone, it's gone. How big a bush is it? Don't ask personal Sorry. questions. <laughs> But you can't see it from over here, so it's not that big. Right, the next one. Now, this is unmistakable. Again, grown here. Oh, okay. If, I think you probably... You're, well, you might not get the exact thing, but you'll, you'll definitely be in the ballpark. We'll see. I'm, I'm taking this so seriously. <laughs> right. This is the second one. Again, twin botanical, juniper and something else. I want to say orange. It's citrus. Come on. Lemongrass. Very good. Lemon verbena. <gasps> Lemon oh, verbena, yeah. Am I amazing, guys? <laughs> I'll tell you what I am. It's piss. You have, <laughs> <laughs> you have an amazing palate. <laughs> Thank you. I'm absolutely livid because I'm a really keen gardener and I'm so angry that you got both of them right. Yeah. Please tell me what part of Wales you go to where they grow oranges. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I said that we, the twin botanicals, we grow them ourselves here on the farm. And then we broke a rule, didn't we? We, no. bought, we bought in the, the best quality botanical that we could find to make this gin, because we just can't grow it here. It's impossible. So let's see what you think. Mm, interesting. You might get your orange, mate. <laughs> you might. You might. Thank you very much. It's... No, okay. It's peppery. Yeah, keep going. I really hate you. It's one of the one of the colours of pepper, right? Yeah. Green. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
friends. <laughs> I'm going to infer something from why you said, is it because people are asking for a certain colour? Is it pink pepper? Yes. yes. Well, well done. done. Get, is this a job? Can this be a job? <laughs> <laughs> so, pink peppercorn. There's something Christmassy about it. Mm. Yeah. Like a really subtle, like the, that lovely juice you get in a mince pie, mm. but it's yes. really muted. <laughs> Sorry, is this redeeming? Yeah, mute, 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 mute. Juice, That's I've never heard of it in I'm I trying to redeem myself here. I'm trying to think with my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Your tongue's an idiot. <laughs> this is phenomenal. And you asked us earlier if there were if there was only the two of us, but in fact there are fourteen of us. Because I was sheep, a part of the team. Oh, well, what have you got? Balwens. Oh, lovely. Which are natives of Carmarthenshire yeah, originally. Yeah. And we use their fleece as packaging oh, for all the wow. online sales. Oh, fantastic. So because we're organic and sustainable and no single-use plastic, when we set up, we were looking for how we would send the gin by mm. coast. So we've got a lot of, we had a lot of black wool staring at us. We use a process called suint, which is to ferment the, the wool. So in the summer... Oh my God, we, that stinks. It does really yeah, stink. It does, it really stinks. We ferment the wool for a couple of weeks. The bacteria in the wool eats the lanolin. We rinse it and dry it and card it, and it's good to go. Oh, wow. And it's like a sourdough starter. So the, the, the water you've used originally, you keep... And you put another fleece in it, it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Oh. If you start selling the stuff that's left over yeah. in bottles, <laughs> like, if you really want to get drunk, this is, this is what we clean the fleeces in. Whenever I've received something through the post that's been packaged with lamb's wool, I then use it to line my roof. Like, I mm. use it to insulate my roof. Really? Seriously, I love free wood and I love free wool. Cardi. <laughs> yes! <laughs> my dad's yeah. a cardi. And that's why we bond over our love of picking up wo- free woods. Free yeah. Words. And any kind of packaging that can get the wood burning yeah. going. Actually, we better check those trees on the lane. <laughs> <laughs> There won't be a twig inside. <laughs> Imagine if I had packed my, my handsaw. <laughs> I, this has been so delightful, and I'm not saying that because I'm clearly drunk. I'm so, can you tell I'm really concentrating how to enunciate at the moment? And like I say, your, your passion has shone through. And now we've got to go and sober up with cooking. Where are we going now? We are going to a cookery school, mm-hmm. the Shed Cookery School. A Shed, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to... Cook some soup. No, no not soup. Cow. Oh. Cow. I brought up on cow. Oh God. We Maybe we should. Do we we to me today, cow on holiday. Going to make we, a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely person. No, a shed is great. Lisa does great things, and um, she's a fantastic supporter of local food here in Carmarthenshire. Mm. And yeah, her recipe books are a go-to for us this oh, summer. Great. Oh great. Well, I've got I've got both my grandmother's voices in my head. So let's go and see how she butchers a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I was so drunk, I was like, we're butchering a cow. (laughs) I'll do it, I'll do it. I'm a vegan, but I'll do it. Vordaness is a really long-running comedy night, and they really prioritise booking Welsh acts as well. It is, you know, quite a a key, like, venue for comedy. And it attracts big names. Internationally as well, they've got Tenopolis' studios are there, and S4C has moved to Carmarthen now as well. And they're very keen to showcase small comedy. Uh, Anna Thomas is from Flirtly as well. Is she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, and also, I mean, like, an insane amount of comedians have come from this area. Like, yeah. Like, Carmarthenshire. Yeah. <laughs>
we have just walked into the most beautiful space. Mm. It's very Christmassy because we're very lucky to be here for Christmas. And we're in Urshed to have a cookery lesson with the lovely Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Hello. Shomai, shaluti. Good deal. Yeah, it's um. This is the best-looking former cow shed I've ever been in. And I've been in a few, Lisa. I don't want to brag. This is gorgeous. So it's a big, lovely high ceiling with the original wood beams, two sort of like mezzanine levels at either end. It's a, it's a real hub, isn't it? It's lovely. And you've got all products and stuff out. And it's like the dream pantry. <laughs> it's like a whole house of a pantry. Well, it's funny you should say that, because I started the business in the house, which isn't too far away. And then I modelled this on... It works in the kitchen, so oh, let's recreate okay. the kitchen down here. This feels like you're in someone's house. Yeah. Do you have all ages coming and using this space then? Yes, originally. My youngest went to school and I started the classes for her sort of age. Um, then they became teenagers, mm-hmm. so I had a teens class automatically. The younger siblings <laughs> of the first classes started coming, so that we had the little younger ones, which we now call little pumpkins. And then the parents used to come along saying, oh... How do you make that then? Yeah. And is that how Brussels sprouts grow? And then, oh, we need classes. So I started adult classes. So now we do the full range. Um, wow. So I say, if you can sit up, I can teach you how to cook. <laughs> and do you do a mix of Welsh and English classes? I tend to just accept whoever wants to come. <laughs> and then I speak whichever language they prefer. Bilingual. So it's all dedicated. No, yeah. no. It's great because that's how the language exists, right? Yes. Is yeah. You mm-hmm. chop and change whoever you're chatting to. And yes. even if you're all together, we just Was speak. that pen deliberate? Um, Yes, so what are we going to be making today? We're going to be making some traditional Welsh ham cowl and barley oh, cowl. Ham. ham. <gasps> I was convinced, oh, it's going to be lamb. It's definitely going to be lamb. Mm. In the countryside in Wales and Welsh-speaking Wales, you will have been brought up on cowl. Like, I remember my mum used to make cowl in a pressure cooker. Yeah. I, I remember, yeah. like, the smell and the Shh. taste of it. Yeah, that <laughs> noise. <laughs> I can't unhear it. And the whole house would smell yeah. of cowl. We'd yeah. go to school the next day stinking <laughs> of cow. But, so what, um, I'll be doing barley cowl. You're going to be making barley cowl. And the re- the, I mean, I don't know whether it is a thing, quite honestly, but I remember my grandfather. My grandfather was the cook, uh, and he'd be boiling his cowl. Both grandparents made cowl, actually, but my grandfather, I remember... Just after putting the meat in and the vegetables in, he'd always throw in two handfuls of barley. And I never really thought about it. And then when I was eating the cow, you'd have these little chewy nuggets mm. at the bottom. Oh, boy, did I like those. <laughs> yeah. And I think now, and especially with the, when the kids were little, I used to do all sorts of things. I used to put pasta in, believe it or not. Um, anything to fill them up, you know. Yeah. Um, because they'd always leave the potato behind. So I thought, well, they like pasta. Let's put some pasta in. <laughs> so I don't know what you call pasta cow. But anyway. Um, but yeah, the barley works really well. So you're going to be making exactly the same, but with barley. Vegetable stock, you'll be using chicken stock um, and ham. Great. So nice. I love the thought of pasta cowl. It's like, you know, when you get fusion restaurants. (laughs) Italian Welsh. I can't wait. No, I'm really excited about this. Let's do it. Let's chop some veg. Let's go. So what do we do with... There's loads of gorgeous veg here. Yeah, so basically cowl root vegetables. So Swede, carrots, parsnips... Some say you should start with the harder vegetables first. So carrots obviously take like quite a long time to boil. Um, much less time to boil a parsnip until it's cooked. Swede takes forever. So you put your carrot and swede in first. Um, you can add the onion, you can add the leek. But then you'd add the potato and the parsnip last. What I tend to do, because who's got time to be hanging around, <laughs> looking at a pot, deciding which minute you put your parsnips in, I change the size of the cut. So I cut yeah. the hard things small because they cook faster, and then I cook the parsnips big. Yeah. Science. Yeah, yeah, the advantage of that, as far as my kids go, they know which bits to leave behind. <laughs> <laughs> so is it just a case of, basically, 
chopping it up and yeah let's peel in. and chop right. um, but whilst you do that so there's two ways again i've got mm-hmm. a, oh, a kilo just a small kilo for cowl we can make it the slow way and boil the whole piece take about 45 minutes you've got the stock and you've got a whole piece of ham for making into a meal tonight let's say mm-hmm. or if you know you're just going to use it for cowl you can chop it up into cubes raw and that's uh, add it in with the vegetables and it'll cook in 20 oh, minutes. Wow, Again, it's all to do with the size of the, yeah. the piece, you know? So yeah. I su- suggest this afternoon, because I'm hungry, we chop this up into <laughs> yeah, small pieces, yeah. and we bring it in with the vegetables, and we have cow in 20 minutes. And you save a bit on electricity as well exactly. by not cooking yeah, stuff definitely, twice. Yeah. Definitely. But you haven't got the piece then to carve. That's the only no, disadvantage. No. Starving, please. <laughs> right, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so this, this is quite a quick meal, then. Yeah, I think so. And economical to make and um, to cook, actually, because it's not going to take too long to make. It's using all the cheap vegetables you can find in the supermarket. There's nothing fancy. As a child, the reason I loved having cow was because you would have really nice bread, mm-hmm. butter and cheese with oh, it. Yeah. And I was in it for, for the carbs. For the and the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just you two aggressively trying to stop me being a vegan. <laughs> Everything you're describing sounds absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah, but Bali's great as well, isn't it? Oh, come on, mate. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've got these little blasts of tea and um, little mini potatoes. So I'm going to just pop those in. Oh. Because I think that... Ooh, does that hurt? Does that... <laughs> no, because I immediately see that and I think, oh, God, I, I'm not going to know how it's ready. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to keep, like, but stabbing... But they're so small, they f- okay. they'd be fine. Okay. Don't panic. <laughs> Don't panic. Um, do, you, do you have people come here and ask you to teach them to, to cook specific things? Do you get requests? Yes. Um, more recently, I've learned to cook um, Sri Lankan hoppers. Never oh, my gosh. Hoppers are amazing. <laughs> oh I went God. to Sri Lanka on holiday. What are they? Hoppers are amazing. Pancake-y type yeah, it's thing. Like a pancake. It's, a, it's a slightly fermented pancake. So I'm still learning. I, I, I'd never heard of Sri Lankan hoppers before that. Sri Lankan um, food's great. Yeah. There's an amazing dish called kotu. Okay. And we'd have double dinners. We'd walk along them. We'd go and have one there because they were like two quid. Yeah. We'd have one there. We'd have a mango daiquiri. Then we'd go to the next one and go, oh, should we have dinner, darling? And like do the whole charade in front of them and have another one and then get another mango daiquiri oh on the way God. back. And that's what, that's what was that about. I said, yeah, holiday. I went up a dress size in nine days. <laughs> You're talking about somewhere that you went on holiday and you remember that food. And it's not just about the food. It's the whole experience of it. Yeah. And I think, especially this journey we're, we're both going on around Wales, it's really nice to be able to taste what every area has to offer yeah. because I will never book a holiday unless I know there's good food wherever I'm going. But I think to, to cook it as well, it gives you a different appreciation for where you've gone on holiday. And I think Welsh food does get a bad reputation. It's so strange, isn't it, that Wales is known for its produce but not its food? Yeah. The lamb is famous and, you know, like, just the land and and yet you would be like, oh, Welsh cuisine. And it's a shame because there are amazing things. Like, when you give somebody who's never had a Welsh cake before, it's like they're having a religious experience. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't they have a bit more confidence in our food as well as our produce? Yeah. How should I chop this onion? Are you doing big chunks? I do big chunks. That's it. I trust, but obviously you want it to be. We don't eat cow with a knife and fork, so I always say mouth-sized pieces. And there's some potatoes there, which you can just pop in, or you can cut them in half if you like. <laughs> I won't be offended. See, what did I... you call these? Tattoo, like, now with, but what, what did you call them? What did you call them? Blasted. 
Oh, a glass of tea. They're just from Pembroke. Oh, They're Pembrokeshire. They're Welsh potatoes. They sell them in loads of supermarkets. Mm. Oh, see, I love. I cannot make cowl without crunching through a cube of swede. I've never done Raw. that. Can I try some? Mm. So good. It's a taste, yes. It's just got a little bit of sweetness and cake. Almost, how do you describe it? Um, that's great. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, the fresh taste to it. Mm. Toothpaste. Like it doesn't taste... <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Welsh brush their teeth with a parsnip or a sweet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's how those rumours start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a vegetable stock or a chicken stock. There we go. Give it a nice. And then you can just add that in. I've already Where should it come up to? Basically. Over, over the top. We need everything covered. Okay? And then we'll pop them to boil. Wait 20 minutes for this to boil. Okay? Do you want to bring them through? Yeah. Yeah. We can top them up in here. I think I might use more. Yeah, I'll boil another kettle. This is the kind of thing you could just chop it and leave. And the leave. whole thing is, it yeah. sort of takes care of itself, right? Yes. I must say, your barley cowl looks really pretty, actually. It does. So it's, it's quite photogenic, isn't it? Yeah, so here, look. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether I should add a handful of barley into mine as well. <laughs> I didn't realise how sort of rich in produce Carmarthen is. I've heard of the, the larder trails that they have because this is on the mid-county one. We're on the mid-county one. Yes. Uh, along with a lot of other... Uh, independently owned. I think that's the important thing mm. to stress. Businesses that are promoting foods in, in Carmarthenshire. So, um, you know, some of them are recommended for lunch, some for breakfast. We have a cookery school and a cafe in Carmarthen. Um, and they just recommend places that really produce good quality local food mm. or well, locally sourced food. Yeah, and gin talogs on there as well. <gasps> yeah. So it's like we've done a sort of pub crawl <laughs> of everything. Well, that is exactly what it is. It's yeah. a crawl of all the places worth going could, to. You could book on a day trip mm. that follows through, you know, a county or a town. Yeah. And you could just dip in and out of different things. So basically, the ladder trail, I'm, I'm going to buy this bus. I'm going to buy a bus and I'm going to drive people <laughs> around the trails. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will think you've had a breakdown. <laughs> but I will book the first ticket Thank on it. Thank you. <laughs> One nice thing is that Carmarthenshire is very famous for pumping out iconic comedians. <laughs> Too many. Too many. Yeah. Quite irritating. <laughs> Tidur and I are doing our best on Ernest Morn, but we just can't <laughs> hold a candle to Carmarthenshire. Um, of course, Ellis James being one of those. Very passionate son of the county. Yeah, and he's annoyingly <laughs> decided to stick his nose in and he has suggested some places that we should go if we ever get some more time to spend here. So we should probably hear what he has to recommend. Hello, Kiri. Hello, Esilt. Uh, very pleased that you're going to Carmarthen, my old neck of the woods. Hmm, where can you go? Well, Carmarthen, obviously, as Wales' is best town, has got an awful lot to offer. So why don't you go to the Plume of Feathers, which, when I was growing up, I was convinced, or everyone thought in town it was the smallest pub in Wales. Apparently, there's a, a smaller pub in Carnarvon called Barbach. Uh, but the reason I would prefer the plume is that it's got the match ball from when Llanelli beat New Zealand in 1972 in it. So basically, that's the plume of feathers won Barbach nil. Uh, you could drink in the Boar's Head, which is uh, Carmarthen's oldest pub, where Dylan Thomas once got so drunk that he fell and broke his arm. Uh, didn't realise he'd broken it until he went to the Lyric Cinema, which is now a theatre, uh, watched a film, halfway through the film, realised his arm was pointing in the wrong direction. Great, great humour. Um, it's all been quite pub-heavy, this, isn't it? So what about the tip? 
Uh, Mum insists that the tip uh, in Nanticoke is a great day out. Uh, so why don't you go to the tip? Um, but y- you're just going to have a great time, mainly because Carmarthen's not a place. It's more of a sort of state of mind. I genuinely thought it would be a better recommendation than nearly the smallest pub in Wales. <laughs> Some more pubs and the tip. But I genuinely love a day out of the tip. Yeah, but that's not... <laughs> I'm not sure this is why people are listening. <laughs> no. And also, I haven't brought all my junk with me, so it would, it would be a wasted journey. <laughs> <laughs> also, what would happen in my family history is we would come back with more than we went with. <laughs> right, so Cowder's ready. Mm. Um, would you like a little bowl full of it or would you I want to take it home? I would like to take some, please. Oh, parsley. Good for parsley. So, this is from the garden, Maria. This fact has been frozen overnight. <laughs> it's been snowed on today. So, very fresh. That ham is so juicy. Oh, that's sweet. Mmm, one lovely. Yeah. How's the barley? I'm going in for my first mm-hmm. barley um, barley spoonful. That's oh, yummy. It's like chewy. Mm, it's almost I like um, it. what's that little sort of pasta that's orzo. Yeah. Oh, it reminds me of that. This yeah. is yummy. It's um, so funny that our producer Joe has said. Can you, can you finish this here? Because we've all just gone silent and we're just eating. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> um, Lisa, thank you so much for this. This is really delicious. Mm. It's been great. It feels like you're with a friend cooking and mm. it's, it's great. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed. And I'm glad I made my own pan of pat cow. Like well. Oh yeah, because I wasn't going to share. <laughs> thank you so much for looking after us and feeding pleasure. us. It's been the best parts of cooking and it's mm. chatting and, le- and, and learning things but in, a, in such a relaxed environment and then eating. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My favourites. Thank you. Yeah, do Well, this has been the Carmarthenshire episode of Pod of Wales with me, Kira Pritchard McLean. And me, Essel Sears. Thank you so much to everyone all around the county who's given us so much help in putting this episode together. It's been really lovely. And I think I'm just about sobering up. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Pod of Wales is a Little Wonder production in association with Visit Wales. <laughs>